0: back corner when I'm not presenting.
1: <laughs> listening in.
0: And listen in. Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome to Bass University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruises on the Tokyo rig.
2: Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bass go You know, we didn't have that back then. Dude, in- in- it was just. It- 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 it-
0: gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dying.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to Bash University Live. It's personally, it's good to be back. I've been out on the road all over the place uh, for the last couple of weeks. And uh, thanks to Riz and, and uh, Jocelyn and the crew for for holding down the fort while I was away. And uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back talking bass fishing. There's a, a lot of exciting things happening in, in our sport right now. A lot of things just went down, and, and uh, the – we're excited to have Jay Shakurat with us. The rookie of the year for the Bassmasters Elite uh, Tournament Trail. It was it was an amazing year. He's the youngest ever to win on the Elite Tournament Trail. He's uh, he caught over 100 pounds of smallmouth uh, up on Thousand Islands, and then and then finished it off with uh, with the rookie of the year title. So that was that was amazing. He's going to be with us. So. Um, you know, get your questions together for Jay you know we'll put you guys through and uh and look really excited to be talking to him how his year went, how he accomplished it, how he practices for tournaments we're going we're going be going in bashy style with Jay looking forward to 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 talking with him but i want i want to give a couple other uh, uh big shout outs uh, our own Brian Schmidt, who has been here uh with us on bash University and I appreciate uh the work he does with us because he is one of the greatest bass a grass fisherman on the planet and he just won the mississippi river uh the elite tournament that just went by tremendous a tremendous deal congratulations to brian and uh brandon polinick man he's just one of our favorites he's been a bass university instructor uh since day one teaching us about his power triangle uh strategy on how to locate and catch and compete in tournaments using that strategy and you got to go back and watch that on Bashu TV if you haven't done that yet and uh just uh just continues to uh just crush it and won his second angler of the year title so congratulations to Brandon and Brian and all the others that have uh uh had great success you know in in recent time so it's a lot going on and uh we've got to, uh, we were just talking with uh Bobby Lane we're going to be doing some Uh, on what are filming with Bobby Lane coming up real soon, and we've got a lot of exciting things that are under development at Bashu. We'll keep you guys posted with all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we're back in studio. I'm back in studio. You guys have been holding down the fort. Uh, Joss, thanks for doing that. Yeah,
3: you've been off having a great vacation. (laughs) Mm.
1: Uh, I did have a great vacation.
3: That's
1: awesome. It was, I went to Thousand Islands, New York, and, uh, I went to the greatest smallmouth, uh, factory on the planet, and I spent five days towing my kids around in a tow tube. (laughs) (laughs) Many of you dads, uh, you fishing dads know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I, but we had a ball. It's so beautiful up there. And, uh, you know, we, we did catch some smallmouth. I have the greatest, I have the greatest smallmouth story. Riz, you got to listen to this one. All right. Um, it was, it was so incredible. We were, we're fishing, um, in, in the river, in the St. Lawrence at the moment. We, we did a little tour of, of all the islands and the castles and stuff. And it's so beautiful up there. You got to go check it out. But we stopped, did a little fishing, and I'm fishing this point in about 25, 30 feet of water. I see one smallmouth, um, and, and that's it. It's kind of, there's not much there. And the, the, the fish aren't biting, so the, the kids ask if they can go swimming. And, and I'm in 30 feet of water. I said, sure, just, you know, just jump right in. So the, they started swimming around, you know, the back of the boat, and I kept fishing. My entire hummingbird lit up with lasagna noodles of smallmouth bass that came over to see what in the world was happening in the area so
3: what you're saying is you just need to have a couple kids with you every time you go fishing
1: i'm throwing the kids in every time (laughs) every time and you know what so and this is the weirdest thing is like i drop right i the the right under the boat i drop on them doom every cast every drop is a fish so, so that's
2: all going on while they're while the kids are swimming underneath it.
1: While they're swimming on, you know, around the back of the boat, wow. and uh, on the so one of the kids is with me, and he he wanted to fish. So we're dropping and we're catching. And The kids that are swimming now, you know how they are. They're like, "Oh, the fish are biting. Mm-hmm. Let's get back in and grab a rod." So they can get back into the boat, and they start uh, fishing. Well, as soon as they got back into the boat. Small mouse school banished.
3: So did you pick up your son and just throw him back in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: As a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so, uh, they're so curious. And, they're you know, it, it, in that instance, it was amazing. But we also saw it when we were filming with Gray Buck with Aquaview. Uh, big shout out to the Aquaview camera. You guys, if you're not using this, you're missing out. We dropped the Aquaview down in areas and we could. You could see the curiosity of the smallmouth. It would pull them out of the rocks. It would pull them out, and they would start. They would start following that camera out of curiosity, and uh, really just some amazing footage that we're going to be. Uh, we're edi- it's in the editing room right now. We're going to be releasing in in the very near future, uh, probably next week or the week after. You're going to be seeing um, how how to use your AquaView to locate and catch fish. We use it a lot for uh target identification like when you see something on your sonar you're not sure what it is you can drop the aqua view down there uh that's a that's a great tool but being able to identify fish uh you know species like you see them on your sonar and you're like are they are they catfish are they carp are they bass it's uh it's great at uh species identification as well so uh really look excited that you're gonna love it that's coming out with great buck um that is going to be released real soon, but really, really cool. the The curiosity of those fish is, is pretty amazing. Great vacation, great to be back. It did catch a few big smallmouth, and uh, just just love my time up there. I'm I'm really excited. We got a big tournament. I think the entire Bass U- University uh, crew. Even Jocelyn may be participating <laughs> in the Bass Open next week, Grizz. Yeah, she might. She might be there. Show up, uh,
2: <laughs> do a little bit of Bass University outreach at the uh, at up. the at the weigh-ins.
1: I think they might have room for co-anglers yeah. in yeah, that tournament. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Josh. no. Josh, hop in that. Just
2: Josh, <laughs> sl- just Shanko.
1: Josh, just Oshenko. around. You'll be all right. <laughs> well, uh, are, are we going to be there? Did you? Ye-
3: I. We're working on it. Okay. Yes we're hoping to be there we'll be there at some capacity
1: okay excellent um well i know riz is going to be in the tournament i'm in the tournament ike is in the tournament so many of our speakers gdp oh yeah uh garrett garrett paul kett is going to be in there Uh, the the guy that is going to be the biggest headache for us all is brian schmidt oh i know
2: i know i was so happy to see brian win and like shout out to brian he's a he's a maryland guy he's semi-local you know i i'm a maryland guy now you know i'm still i'm still (laughs) a minute are you a
1: maryland guy i don't know i've only been there for like 10 minutes (laughs) i know here's the thing
2: i've only been there since may but i i'm pretty sure that once i figure out how to get that maryland accent down you know like really start slowing things down and talking a little slower and just slow and low on a swim jig i'm pretty sure like you go up exponentially on your ability to catch a fish on a swim jig and in grass as soon as you get the dialect down. So I'm working on it. That's, you good know, but strategy. yeah, like it's it. pretty, pretty awesome that Brian just went up there and fished the Mississippi river a grass fishery and won a tournament. And now we got to deal with him <laughs> on the Bay. So, right. uh, Mem- you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a major headache, Pete, just exactly. Like you said, that's the last guy that we want rolling into a tidal body of water
1: with that kind with of some, momentum. Yeah.
2: That kind of momentum, that kind of confidence in the other one, is Mike. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. Mike yeah. just had a, had a great, great tournament, tournament up on the Mississippi mm-hmm. River. You know, it's, it's been relatively uh, tough of a year for him, but that dude's going to be rolling high. You know what I mean? Yeah. When things are going good for Mike, they're going great. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good to see how this all shakes out. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, we've got a little bit to contend with it, and not the least of which is a 200-man field down there on a body of water that is, uh, is challenging in September. You know, let's face it, you know, but that's the test of the best, right? That's why we do this. Uh, everybody at water is amazing in June and easy to catch them in June. And in September, things get a little tight. So we're going to be challenged uh, down there on the Chesapeake. When, um, but it's going to be a great one. It's going to be really fun for all of us to be there. And I'm really hopeful that we'll be there uh, with a the Bash University booth. So if you guys are... Um, uh, gonna be down in that area. Make sure you come by and see us and uh we we will catch you up. But the um here's what we got going on. We always have a Facebook like and share contest. If you're over there on Facebook like it, share it, and uh and we will put you in a contest to win a Rapala gift pack. We also have a grand prize that we're gonna be giving out. So pay attention. We're gonna be talking about some some cool fishing uh, content right some some stuff that's going to help you become a better angler and when we talk to Jay so um, we're going to be asking a question at the end of the show.
3: So pay attention.
1: So pay attention.
3: I also want to talk about something too Pete. Um, the Bass University has partnered up with the ASA uh, the Keep American Fishing and they're doing a uh, virtual fishing tournament from September 1st to September 30th and uh-huh. we are a sponsor of that along with Hummingbird Minkoda, Johnson Outdoors, uh, Rappel is part of it as well. Um, so it's a great way to get your kids fishing. It's a great way for you to get out fishing. Um, first place, they get a hummingbird helix. Um, and then there's prizes. There's about 24 different prize packs with 10 categories. It's only $25 to enter, and you could possibly win a Bash University subscription.
1: How did they enter?
3: Um they I can post the link but it is uh fishing chaos, chaos.org uh backslash tournament backslash ASA Keep American Fishing. Um so I can post it um uh, we can post it on social as well and get it out there. Excellent.
1: Awesome. We we also are releasing this week uh VP of ASA uh Beth Long. Uh I interviewed her down at ICAST this mm-hmm. year and uh and she has a great fishing story about how she was introduced to fishing and the importance of that to her as it is to all. I I took some kids, uh, last week that might not ever go bass fishing, uh, bass fishing. And, um, and I think it's important that we all do it. I think it's it's great, uh, for a sport. I was so lucky and blessed that my dad took me fishing when I was four years old. So it changed my life. And, uh, and, you know, I want to I want to give that back. I recommend you do it too. Take somebody new fishing, and and the Ike Foundation has a has a great um, pledge. Yes, which is I what what do you know? Can our you mission, quote it?
3: Our mission is to get kids fishing in the outdoors, especially mm-hmm. kids that don't have those items readily available to them. So mm-hmm. we donate across the United States fishing rods, uh, tackle boxes. We equip kids to go fishing, um, and also coming up October October. Second, we're having our annual kayak tournament. So, if you're a kayak fisherman, sign up.
1: Awesome, and and the pledge is to, I pledge to take somebody new fishing yes. and take right. that pledge. And uh, I don't know if I paraphrased it correctly or not, but you did. Take a kid fishing. Take them fishing and um, and get over and sign up for the virtual tournament with the ASA, the Keep American Fishing folks. And thank you, Beth. It was wonderful speaking to you down at ICAST. And uh, that will be viewed, I think we're releasing that tomorrow next day. It is tomorrow. Okay, awesome. We've got a lot of great, um, you know, content, a lot of great, great instructional content coming out. Fred Rombanis, one of the the greatest anglers on the planet, uh, talks about consistent crankbait fishing. This is a remastered video. You want to check that out. Scott Canterbury, talk about swim jigs. Scott has won every major tournament swimming a jig. He's a swim jig master. And he gives a seminar for us uh, that's going to be released this week, as well as uh, from BTL, Matt Pangrack, uh, his dink and dunk strategy to consistently catch fish. Uh, if you're struggling to catch fish consistently, this is for you, guys. This is a way to get it done, tough conditions, high-pressured conditions, big-time tournament conditions. Uh, this is a really, really great technique. So, uh Want to make sure to check that out. That is going to be released this week. And we are brought to you by Tackle Direct Studios, and we're, we're so tickled with them. Want to invite you guys to go check out Tackle Direct. They have the best customer service in the business. You order the products, it is there. When they say it's going to be uh, great shipping, great customer service, and great pricing over at tackle direct so you want to go and check those guys out and
3: if you are a new subscriber you get six months and a 25 dollars gift card to tackle direct
1: can't beat it if you have not signed up yet oh my gosh go get signed up go forget about the deer stand i know i'm wearing my blaze orange bash U hat <laughs> and i know you guys are all psyched do you see all those guys in the elites like they they were all done the tournament trail it's like what are they gonna do we're going to go kill deer. We're going to go hunt deer. Yeah. Like every single one of them is getting ready to get in the deer stand. But guess what? This is a time, while you're in the deer stand, you can be training, listening to Bash You, and, and developing your fishing game at the same time. And if you're like me, you never stop. So That's right. It's a great, great time. Two days, it, left on that deal. two days left. Two days left. Two days left. If you're watching over on Facebook, or any anywhere else, get subscribed. It's an amazing deal. It's $49.99 for a six-month subscription, and we give you a $25 tackle direct coupon.
2: Yes, we do. What do you got, Riz? All kinds of good stuff going on. No, I got I got nothing, Pete. I'm just over here bobbing bobbing <laughs> to the deals. You know what I mean? We're we're getting people involved in fishing. We're saving them money on tackle. You know, I'm just talking J- about fishing. Just driving with riding. the just driving with the with the flow here. That's yes.
1: all. Okay. Well, is Jay up? Is he ready to go? You want to take a uh, quick break? Yeah, we're, we're going to take gonna bring a Jay? take a
2: quick break and uh, then we'll bring Jay in. We'll uh roll these commercials out here, pay the bills and then we'll be talking with uh I can't
1: wait. Jay if you if you're a youngster and you think, you know, I when I started fishing, it was only the the 40 40-year-old 40 guys were winning. Like you couldn't win as a young person. You couldn't gain that kind of knowledge. Quick enough to compete, and Jay and his crew, you know, all those young younger kids or i call them kids. I mean, he's twenty-three, but they're they're finding ways in the winter circle at such a young age. Can't wait to learn more about how they're they're bridging that learning curve and uh, and getting out there and competing. So, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to be right back with the Rookie of the Year, Jay Shakurit, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Bassboatforsale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure, so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out.
2: AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology.
0: Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish.
2: Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing.
1: Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish.
0: Is the sensitivity of the rod.
4: That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod.
1: 100% made
0: here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a the tournament.
2: Durability in the John Cruz Worming series,
0: the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my that Boom! Goes the dynamite! On the water, not spent fishing, is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other they can navigate your boat automatically They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Bass University Live. Uh, so glad you could join us here uh, in the middle of the day. Hopefully uh, you're listening on your headphones and uh, and and getting all your work done. But um, we love we love broadcasting this time of day, and we love being able to talk to the people that we get to talk to. And no none more special than than our next guest, which is Jay Shakurit. He is the youngest ever to win a Bassmaster Elite tournament. He broke 100 pounds of smallmouth, uh, which has never been done before that tournament uh, on, in, an, in a week-long event, which is truly amazing. And he is our Rookie of the Year at the Bassmaster Elite. Uh, it's, it's just an amazing year. So excited to have you with us, Jay. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're we're excited. You know, it's been it, it it's been a flurry at the end of the year. We had the Mississippi tournament. Yeah, what what was really cool, honestly, for me was watching. And we were talking about this. The Mississippi tournament was cool because it it looked like old school bass fishing. You know, where you were frogging and <laughs> yeah. flipping. Man, <clears throat> that looked fun.
4: Yeah, I think I had my electronics off, like. 95% of the time, I was just running my old tracks and didn't even have to turn anything on for that tournament.
1: That's so cool. I love that. You know, we got to see frogs blowing up, duckweed, you know, uh, current stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's some old, that's a great, that was a great way to end it. And, uh, and it ended really well for you. I mean, uh, how important was that tournament for you did you have the roi locked up before the last tournament or 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 did you have to score to to get it done i had to score i
4: had to take um 67th place or better to lock it up and i mean the mississippi river i fished there you know a decent amount um not a ton probably not as much as i uh as i would have liked to you know in the past and things like that because i've only really been you know, doing this, um, the tournament scene for a handful of years. So, I mean, I was nervous going into the Mississippi. I mean, it's always changing. It's never the same that it was the year before. I think uh, the year before when I fished there, it was uh, two feet higher. So all of my stuff I had, you know, from last year was was pretty much shot because the water was two feet lower. So um, I was nervous, but I did find a couple of good areas and uh, they did hold out for me during the tournament.
1: Well, it's, that's, it's a great accomplishment. I mean, uh, the, there's been, you know, some of the previous rookie of the years have gone on to great careers. And I it, honestly, a lot of times that title goes out, you actually winning an elite tournament during that title run. That doesn't yeah. happen very often. No, no, I didn't.
4: My expectations to win a tournament, uh um, yeah, those weren't really there until it came reality after I was leading for a couple of days there at St. Lawrence. But yeah, to be able to win a tournament during a nine tournament run, just trying to get the rookie of the year deal was a uh, was pretty special.
1: Well, wow, that that was an awesome win, uh, man. What what an amazing win! Nobody had broken a hundred pounds of smallmouth before, and and uh, you were able to do that and yeah. get the win, man. That that's that did take us down that road i mean that how did you how did you land on the mother load like that
4: (laughs) it happened uh actually one of our i think it was the second day of practice um when i found these fish and when i found basically what was the mother load um it was super windy like three four five foot waves were blowing in on the spot and uh I had such a hard time with boat control there because it was pretty close to the bank. And every time you try and do a drift or something, you were getting pushed into the bank. And uh, I had to come back actually that evening to this spot. Um, Cause I could see them on my electronics when I tried fishing for them. It was just too hard to, to fish. So I came back at around uh, right before we had to get off the water, which was pretty late. Um, you know, whatever it was, 30 minutes before sunset. And I ended up catching, um, four or five fish over five pounds in less than 10 minutes. And, Found them. Uh, that's, yeah, <laughs> That was when I knew that it was a special spot. And, but I, it, it was still, you know, two days before the tournament was going to start. So I didn't know if these fish were going to move. And I know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get back over there um, on the official third day of practice. Cause it was going to blow even harder that day. So I kind of had to wait it out. So I was a little bit nervous, but I did refine them the first day. They did move on me a little bit, but, uh, I got
1: to catch him again. Well, we I was just up there vacationing uh with my son and and you're his favorite angler. Uh you're his new favorite, oh, really? angler, by the way. He's he just turned 13 and nice. we we ran into the same problem you had. We, we I was trying to get he's like, "Dad, let's go over to Jay spot," you know, and <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm like uh I'm trying like I don't know where it is, you know. It's yeah, over right. in the mouth of the Black River somewhere. At least that's you're what right. it looked like on the show. And I'm, yeah. in, I'm in the Fox Grenadier Island area, mm. but the wind's hammering, and, oh, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh man, you know, like, can I really <laughs> run a 13-year-old through four or five foot right. waves to get over there?" <laughs> uh, but he, but he, we desperately we wanted to go over and fish it just because it was your <laughs> spot, you know. Right, just put yeah. the tube
3: on, <laughs> yeah. put him on the tube with the waves.
1: <laughs> you know, I didn't think of that. He would have loved that. He would have jumped those four foot waves and thought it <laughs> yeah. was you know, he was at the circus. But, but um, From what, I, what hear I hear about practice, practice in that event, event, it, it seems like, like the movie The Perfect, perfect Storm. storm. Like, like, it's, it's just, just like, like, it like, it seemed like it was so gnarly so, early, and so rough. rough. And then, then for the
5: tournament,
2: tournament it's just like, the
3: like, skies went away. Everything, everything opened, opened up, up, up for you. As we can see, all all broke loose it
2: was tournament. It was so brilliant. Going back, waiting. You're like, I saw those
1: arches. I got to go back when it's calm. Yeah,
4: right. That's exactly what happened, yeah
1: man, what it a, what it a, what a, so they moved around a little bit, but I, I watched you fish you were you were pretty cool under pressure, man, I mean, it you know <laughs> you fished free, and uh, I guess that's how you got to the winter circle,
4: I guess so, I mean, I knew going into it, like Johnston's and everybody, like if I didn't fish free and I didn't fish confident and I fished all nervous, like I knew I was going to lose because uh those guys are so good out there. Like they never, I mean, they're not gonna skip a beat. They're not gonna have less than, you know, 21, 22 pounds. So it's like, if, if it was to happen, you know, like during the day, yeah, it's gonna happen for me. And obviously it did, but um, if it wouldn't happen, you know, I wasn't gonna let that let that bother me either because when you're fighting a five or six pound smallmouth on eight pound line, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. I mean, they fight so hard and like you f- once you finally get them up to the boat then you got to land them without a net and uh i know everything just had to go perfect that week and uh somehow it did and yeah it's pretty crazy
1: landing those fish you said a mouthful did you what have you learned about that because i've yeah. seen guys do a good job at it and i've seen guys <laughs> that just do terrible at it but you you seem to have a pretty good system together
4: yeah i have a uh, So I use a little bit shorter rod than most people just because I'm a little bit shorter guy, Um, a six foot ten rod. So that way, when I get them to the side of the boat, um, I like to do it on the passenger side in the seat. And then I fight them basically until they're done. I mean, I try not to, if they give me a shot, maybe if they get tangled up in the line or something uh, where they're not fighting, I can maybe quick grab them then, but um yeah it seems like most of the time it's two three four minutes into the fight um where they'll finally kind of just give out that way when you catch them and you land them too um it's a lot easier to fizz them and you know they're not going to get all crazy on you like that and then it also has a better chance rate of you know keeping them alive throughout the day when you fizz them right away and uh Things like that. Those fish are nuts out there. They, yeah, they're going insane. They come up to one foot of water and then go down to twenty in five seconds. And <laughs> that's, it was wild.
1: That they are, and it's it's fun yeah. to watch. Uh, you know, you watch the Johnston brothers, and it seems like they're fishing with rope because they're just they <laughs> jack those fish to the boat in thirty seconds. Right. right. <laughs> but you fizz it. Uh, that's that's really cool. That's something that um, you know I think is great um to to learn that process because those mm-hmm. you know those fish need a little help little support but you feel you feel comfortable doing that that do you go in the side Do you go in the mouth how, do you, how are you doing i
4: do i do it through the side um i actually haven't had like a ton of experience doing it just because i live on a river and we don't really do it a whole lot around me but uh um i got a pretty good training course from the bassmaster guys over there and uh actually that was during the practice period over there. And um, fortunately when I was doing a tournament, I never missed once. And uh, I got pretty, pretty confident in doing it, you know, on a big fish um, that I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna kill it or do it any harm. Um, Even if you miss on a big fish like that, it really doesn't harm them at all. So yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, you can do. I mean, if you catch some shallow,er obviously it's not as bad, but.
1: Right, well, It it's it's so key and and not the weight penalty is is paramount because those tournaments are all separated by ounces, yeah. so you can't have that. But the right. overall big picture, we just want to we want to take care of those fish. But I want to tell you something. I didn't know if you knew this, uh, but I want to take the opportunity to to tell you that in 1997, I was rookie of the year in the Bass Matches. Nice. <laughs> really, I, I'm I'm telling you that just to brag. But the uh, sorry,
2: Pete, I just, let it fly.
1: I, I, I like to take opportunities to promote myself yeah, whenever cool. possible. But uh, the uh, no, but it's it's such a a, a great accomplishment. And we watched yeah. um, Brandon. I don't know, you you were competing. You probably didn't get to see it, but Brandon had uh, a, just a, a, an awful day. I guess it was mm-hmm. day two of the tournament where he was challenged. Yeah. No fish, just going through a, a just a, a a mental challenge like like yeah. no other, right? That the AOI is slipping through his fingers right in front of us, you know. Yeah. And and he's able to collect himself and and just do what he does and crush it and catch a fish with no time left uh, to make it to the next day. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Is it was it was crazy. How? What was your year like? Did you have that day? Did you have uh, those days where you were up against it?
4: Oh, for sure. I had multiple days like that that I can think of this year. Um, A lot of my – I mean, you look at the finishes throughout the year, like 24th, 40th, um, wherever I was. Like, you know, a decent finish. You made the cut. But, like, when you look back on it, like, there were certain points in the day where I can think of, like, Santee – it was um day two of santee and i had um i mean it was a slim day i started in my starting area maybe caught 12 pounds which for santee that time of the year was awful and uh i ended up going to this one cut where i saw some big fish the day before but they weren't locked on beds and i sat in this cut for two hours and i never had a bite and i could see these fish swimming around swimming around and uh, it came down to the last hour and a half of the day before i had to head back and I caught a six pounder, a seven pounder and a five pounder in an hour and a half. And they finally locked on beds. And it's just like things like that where like um, if that never would have happened or they never would have decided to do that or if I wouldn't, have, you know, if I would have left and decided to head back and try and fish somewhere else, like I would have came in probably with what I had. Um, yeah, just weird things like that where you just your gut tells you to stay there and not, you know, worry about how much time you have, like the winning or the fish you need are right in front of you um yeah there's been multiple times like that uh, throughout the year for sure
1: wow that that's that's how you get it done i mean you got to have a, a little luck but you know that yeah. that plays in everything but you know it's uh, you know luck is when opportunity and preparation meet right so you were able to capitalize right. on that and uh and and that got you to that point it it what Tell me something uh, maybe that you're most proud of this year. Did you? Is there something that you learned or is there something you learned about yourself or how to compete or what are you most proud yeah. of this year?
4: I would have to say the thing I'm most proud of this year is um, being able to go to Bodies of Water um, for my first time and break them down in just mm-hmm. the three days of practice that we have. Um, that would have to be the one thing that I was most proud of. Uh, for myself doing this year because um, looking back on it it was so intimidating for me for the first time I mean these guys have been to the St. John's um, multiple 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 times and for me to go there my first time um, so intimidating so much water it's Florida um, my first Elite Series tournament I can think back um, to that that night before the first day of the Elite Series tournament I was that was the most nervous I think I've ever been uh, for a bass tournament in my <laughs> life. Um, now it's a little bit different, but for that first tournament, I mean, it was, the nerves were there and uh, I'd have to say, yeah, that'd be the most thing I was most proud of was just being able to break down these bodies of water that are massive and um, just being able to be confident in what I've found and just run with it during the tournament instead of, you know, thinking about, all these other guys what they're on you know like we live a "Oh, he's probably on the mega bag at lake fork you know like just keeping that out of my mind when i'm running around just trying to do my own thing
1: that's that says a lot and 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 because i'm getting ready for the open and uh it's two weeks away and and i want to be down there practicing right now you know
0: yeah right.
1: it's you have that constant urge what how did what what was your system like how did you break it down Oh, uh with your three days yeah
4: i do a lot of um i do as much online research as i can for obviously for recent tournaments and things like that and then Mm -hmm. you can only do so much map studying i mean realistically when you get out there it's usually completely different um but i like to break it down um i like to pick like three sections of the lake during practice or uh, more like two. So I'll pick like two sections. Usually I'll fish those two sections and then whichever section I got more bites on, or I think has more potential on the third day of practice, I'll fish that section. So I'll fish basically one section for two days and then kind of one other one for one day. And, you know, these sections are based on, um, you know, 10 to 20 mile areas, kind of maybe more like 10 mile areas. Um, And that's kind of how I did it. I mean, I didn't want to spread the more I found, the more I spread myself out on a place, like I have one spot that's five miles from another spot, another spot that's 10 miles from a spot. Um, I waste way too much time and then I'll sit there and fish for maybe like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, all right, they're not here. I got to go run five miles again. Um, that never does me any good unless I know the place decently well um right the more fishing time the better for me it just gives me more more confidence that i can get five bites in a day rather than um spending half my day running around burning gas
2: that's juicy stuff right there it is guys guys who are watching i hope you just took note to that section and if you if you didn't take note to it go back and listen to it again in the post production because that was good stuff
1: making basically you're making a a manageable area that you can cover in a day
4: yeah
2: Yeah, that's
4: basically, like, for example, when I fished Santee, um, I decided to fish the lower lake. Um, I had never fished the upper lake. I never fished the lower lake. I decided to fish the lower lake just because I thought I could break it down a little better. There wasn't as much backwater. It was more open. Um, I could fish. Basically, how it sets up is, like, I could fish the northeast corner, and then I could fish like maybe the South Bank a little bit, maybe a little bit of the Northwest corner. Um, that's kind of how I broke that down. And yeah, that's, it did work out in that tournament pretty well.
1: It sure did. What, uh? well, I know, and I, I'm hogging the air like I usually do, <laughs> but I know we have people watching on Bashu, U and yeah. uh, they have questions for Jay. So let me, let me throw it over we to you, We actually have Justin. a
3: couple questions. Um, Jim would like to know if you could talk about the wind direction and how it helped you with the current
4: at uh
3: the st lawrence
4: any of the tournament oh at the st lawrence
3: mm-hmm.
4: okay so in practice um the wind direction was blowing directly into my spot so if i think of this correctly that was like pretty much northwest or more west um where the wind was blowing into my area and i think that helped tremendously because in those two days of practice um that was where the wind was coming out of and it blew bait into my area. Just It was, must have just been pounding it into the shoreline. I don't think it had anywhere else to go at that point because I don't think the bait was going to be going um, back into the bay as much as it was um, coming out. So they're kind of in that in-between stage, and when I found that bait is when I found all that bass. And uh, when it finally did calm down, I think there was a lot of residual current um out there from when that wind was pounding in because when i went back there when it calmed down i mean your boat was still moving like almost a mile an hour um when there was no wind so i think a lot of that that current had residual effect where it just kind of kept the bait in the area and i don't know they just liked it in that spot there was it was basically just a point that came out um outside of the bay like an underwater point where they can just stop and feed and uh, that's kind of how the the wind and the current helped that spot, and kind of how I found it during the during the event.
1: Yeah, that, well, wind is such an important factor up there. That must yeah. be a question that comes from a Thousand Islands local up there.
3: Yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe are, do you have another I am? I do. Uh,
3: Mr. Higgs would like to know now that the season's over. Is there uh, are there any lakes you wish that bass would choose for next season?
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sturgeon Bay, Malax, um, <laughs> back to St. <Saint> Lawrence. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see them go back to Lacrosse again. I think I think that's a really cool event. I mean, all the footage they get from that event is phenomenal. Um, the frog fishing and everything. They might, maybe they could change up uh, the time of year we come up north. Maybe instead of doing it um, later in the year, maybe do it a little bit earlier. Um,
3: yeah, I'd like That'd to see them fun. come
4: come up here more. It's just a lot more a lot more catching going on.
3: (laughs) And do you have any advice for a co-angler?
4: Oh, yeah. Um, So I fished as a co-angler for two years on the opens. And my biggest tip of advice is, um, as a co-angler, is to fish with as many people as you can when you're a co-angler. Like, when you go down for practice, um, try and jump in the boat with as many boaters as you can, even if it's not during the tournament. Um, Try and get a feel for the lake before you're even on it for the tournament is my biggest tip of advice because you don't want to just get thrown onto a lake um, with a random boater and you don't really kind of know like what the pattern is or like what you should even have tied on, what you should even have in your tackle box. Um, That was my number one thing was knowing the lake before I even got out there for the tournament as a co-angler because, um, for instance, you could get thrown anything at you when I fished to the lay lake event. In 2020, I was fishing up the river one day in four feet of water and current. And then the next day, I was fishing way at the bottom end of the lake in 25 feet of the water fishing for suspended spotted bass. So um, you kind of have to be ready for everything that's thrown at you as a co-angler. So the biggest tip is to to get out there before the actual tournament starts with somebody.
1: Great advice. Really yeah. is. Did you – uh you, you spent time as a co-angler. Did you go through a college program or – uh? how did what what did your training look like leading up to this point
4: yeah so i started fishing as a co in 19 and that was my first um taste into you know outside of wisconsin where i'm from Um i did not fish college i just went to a small tech school and they didn't have a fishing team or anything like that so i fished for two years on the opens as a co-angler and uh, that was my that was my training grounds um during that time. And then um fortunately enough as a co angler, I, I actually ended up winning two events, which gave me the funding to fish as a boater uh just last year actually in twenty twenty one. And even if I wouldn't if I wouldn't have won those two events, um I probably would have taken another year or two to fish as a co angler just because I probably wouldn't have had had the funding to fish as a boater, travel, you know with somebody around around the country but yeah that's that's kind of how it went down how
1: that's a great um segue to my next question i think because um sponsorship i mean it costs a lot of money to be out there on the elites and and any of the tournament trails that how is how has that been going for you how's the sponsorship uh uh how has your progress been there
4: yeah it's definitely been getting a lot better um so like when i segued from my last year as a co-angler to a boater i mean sponsorship money was very minimal i didn't have um i mean hardly anything to really to really pay for uh you know as far as all the gas money and stuff like that but once you know i qualified for the elites it obviously got got a lot better because um i mean let's face it to fish officially elite series you have to have quite quite a bit of pocket change to to pay those entry fees and to get into that so the sponsors helped out tremendously um when I had that to pay and now going into next year um i sure hope it gets it gets better from here on out and uh yeah th- it definitely showed for sure
1: well I I hope it does it's a, it's a big big title and uh hopefully that that helps you make some hay down the sponsorship path I, I have a question for you because it was a uh, question that, and I, as I'm sitting here talking, um, I'm embarrassed that when uh, I was a rookie in 1997, I think you were still five years away from being born. <laughs>
2: yeah. two, I think. <laughs> two.
1: <laughs> Good Lord, Jocelyn, time has flown, but uh, but I remember I, and and this is kind of this is kind of crazy. And a tribute to this guy. But I remember going down the bank in one of my first tournaments. Like, I don't know, Weedline or just going down the bank. And I I saw Rick Klun, And I was so scared to death. I was intimidated. <laughs> I didn't know. I I, didn't, I I couldn't talk to him. I, I couldn't even bring myself to get close enough, you know. To, <laughs> yeah, I just right. ran out of the area, you know what I mean? You know, I That was, there was a lot of that, like. I had like the deer in the headlights look a lot with some of these guys. What was that experience like for you? The first time you bumped into, you know, some guys that, you know, like Rick, the superheroes of the sport, or maybe one of your heroes.
4: Yeah. It's, it's a lot different than fishing your local derby. (laughs) These guys that, especially when it, when it all happened so fast, I mean, it just seemed like I was watching them. Uh, it was last year. I mean, i I'd watch so much bass live and whatever. And next thing you know, you're like fishing next to him on bass live. You're like, what the hell <laughs> like, look over. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of standouts for me would be like Brandon Paul. Um, that was definitely one of them. That was kind of like, whoa, like, geez, like, how are you like right here, right next to me right now? You know? <laughs> <And> then, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if I had to point out one, it would definitely be him. Uh, Just because I followed him for a long time. I mean, back when I was, shoot, I think I was like 12 or 13. And we were back on, um, what was it? And uh, when we had that Elite Series tournament in Sturgeon Bay, me and my dad followed him around. And uh, I think that was when he was 23. So it kind of like was a weird kind of deal where like I'm 23 now. I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to think about.
1: That's ex- exciting. Exciting times happening fast. It's happening faster for you than yeah. anybody in history. So, yeah. you, you know, you've clearly uh, got an edge. One of the things that we've noticed with the younger guys is their ability to deal with the with the sonar. And um, do you do you credit that in, in your early career, your just ability to deal with forward facing and, and 360 and all the all the advanced electronics? I do.
4: Yeah. I've had, um, I haven't had that much experience with it actually. I just put it on my boat when I fished the opens, which was yeah, last year. So I put it on my boat. I think it's been like a year and a half now, um, or two years. And I feel like I've definitely, um, have a good knack for it. I mean, I know what I'm doing with it and I know how it all, how it all works. I know how how I can use it to my advantage. Um, in certain scenarios like this scenario last week, you know, it really wouldn't be, it'd be minimal, minimal amounts of help. But um, like you take, for instance, on the St. Lawrence, I mean, that was a huge help um, just being able to see those fish and see the size of the fish. When I found that area was huge. Um, so, yeah, I think I definitely, definitely have a good, good knowledge of what's out there right now and what's available for, uh, for the whole technology game.
1: It's so important. It's it's winning, except for the Mississippi, where you turned everything off. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. it's great. Right. It's going to be a powerful deal. Uh, Jocelyn let me throw it back to you for some more ims.
3: There are a lot this time. Um, so I might butcher this name, but have you ever fished the Checgu Megan Bay? Oh, Shawamagan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: where, where, where is that bay? I've never heard oh, uh, that's that's up
4: by Michigan, or ah, uh, it's like it's north of me. Okay. a decent way is like three or four hours, mm-hmm. but uh no, I have not actually. I've never been there
3: um, and then Frank has a question. Did you ever want to be a walleye pro since your dad was so involved <laughs> in the walleye world?
4: no i never I never thought about being a walleye pro. Uh, I fish for walleye a decent amount on our local river and we got some little night derbies that we fish. Um it's like a three bass, three wall ideal. So I do dabble with the walls a little bit, but I never thought about fishing farm for a living or anything.
2: How much did that influence your ability to catch bass?
4: <laughs> uh a little bit. We fished some uh local stuff on the river like I talked about and uh, we fished a couple of uh like open tournaments over on Sturgeon Bay, right? Um, so he definitely had some influence on me with the bass because every time we would go fun fishing, it would be for bass. It wouldn't be for walleye. So
2: gotcha. We definitely
4: had good influence for me with that.
2: Gotcha. Did um like are there are there some some parallels to to what you do when you're walleye fishing to bass fishing? Like as far as the electronics are concerned? Would, oh, would, for sure. Would you say yeah. that's why walleye you're maybe fishing so comfortable? is
4: like almost ninety to a hundred percent? Uh, you're dialed into your electronics. I mean, there's not many times where you can just go and beat the bank and catch walleyes. Right. So uh, I'd have to say that the electronics game, when it comes to walleye fishing, is huge. I mean, a lot of the walleye guys that fish um, are so dialed into electronics. I mean, they can jump in a bass tournament and do pretty well.
1: Well, I got hollered at by a walleye guy last week on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still still a little upset about it. I'm out I'm fishing out on this shoal and I'm looking at these, you know, lasagna noodles down there. And and he I guess he was mad that I was in his trolling path and he came No and gave me the business and uh <laughs> And said, these are all walleye. These aren't These aren't smallmouth. Can't, can't you tell the difference on your son and our yeah. unit between the two yeah. species? It,
2: it was actually Jay's dad.
1: <laughs> Jay's dad. <laughs> 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 I apologize if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he was out in Wisconsin somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But you got another IM, Josh? Yes.
3: Do you have a go-to hair jig for the clear water small mm. leaves? If so, yeah. do you have color yeah. and weight?
4: Um, anything black, maybe a little bit of purple mixed in like a l- couple of purple strands um I usually we usually make our all all of our own hair jigs, so nothing too special there, but color wise and that wise. I like to make them as thick as I can to where sometimes I don't have to put that chunk of plastic that most guys do underneath. um sometimes I do sometimes I don't, but anything three thirty second. Um, if it's super calm, you could get down to a sixteenth, um, stuff like that. An eighth ounce is probably the, the go-to, or a three thirty-second if it's pretty windy.
1: That's a unusual technique that seems to come like from your part of the country. That yeah, that just slow cranking that hair jig, man. That's <laughs> it's so it hard. works
4: in a lot of places too that a lot of people um, don't fish it either. Um, even in dirty water, it works.
1: I I kind of drew the conclusion and tell me what your thoughts are on it but it seemed like when you have those it works best when you have those isolated fish like yeah it's it's a way to get those to bite that almost nothing else can that's true shallow isolated
4: big roamers just chilling out by a big rock um right it seems like you can yeah that's that's definitely one of the number one ways to get them to eat
1: Yep, they, when they're grouped up, they're a little bit uh, easier to uh right. <laughs> to yeah. to get after. But uh, like the ones you found, the smallmouth uh, yeah. <laughs> Dis- Disneyland you found up there. Mm-hmm.
3: I right, have one more. What's your favorite drop shot hook to keep those five pounders hooked up? That's a
1: great question because <laughs> uh, yeah. a lot of guys lose them. It was
3: from the Frogman.
1: The Frogman <laughs> <laughs> sitting here in studio with us. The uh, yeah because the guys lose them right they they can bend you can be too stiff that you yeah. can't get hook penetration what are you using
4: i use a it's a size two aaron martin's g finesse Yamagatsu drop shot hook um i don't know i've just found that hook to be it's it's a small hook i mean it's small like when i'm talking small it's like when you look at it you're like do I really want to put that into a five pounder's mouth. Um,
2: God, they were. But out.
4: honestly, the, yeah. the, sm- <laughs> the smaller you go, um, almost the better just because their mouths are so tough. And when you're setting the hook down in 20 feet of water, um, when you got that tiny little hook on, it just finds the perfect spot. And uh, it seems like when I have a fish on for more than 10 seconds with that hook, I rarely lose them. I mean, uh, most of the time they're coming to the boat, it's so thin and hook- it's so small that it doesn't. Uh, when they start, you know, flying around in the air with that drop shot, way it doesn't create a big hole in their mouth or anything like that. So,
2: God, it freaking That's my go-to.
4: That's just what I have confidence in.
2: That hook is like when you when you because I use the same hook. I use the size yeah. one rather than the two, but yeah. Um, I mean they're not they're not too far off. But God, every time it's like you yeah. you, you get the fish in your palm and you're like, you were not coming off.
1: You know, it's, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's a good hook, and it has a subtle barb on it. too which i it was a
4: very small bird.
1: i helped i guess that helps with uh penetration as well so shout Mm -hmm. out to g g finesse that's a that's an A uh inspired hook and uh always like to take a minute to think about uh aaron did you did you ever get to fish around aaron i never did no i got to he was actually
4: like my all-time favorite because i was like a drop shot fanatic back when i was like 14 15 Mm -hmm. And when they came to Sturgeon Bay or Green Bay when they had that tournament, I visually remember like trying to like find him and run up to him to get his autograph because he was like in second in the tournament or something. And I told him to go win it. Um, That was the only interaction time I ever had with him, though. So, yeah.
1: Well, he's a special guy that has influenced yeah. the world. And he still is, because, you know, yeah, so
2: yeah. many people are still using his Great. hooks. They're still using his his, his robo worms. We're still oh, implementing yeah, yeah. all the techniques that he that he brought to the world. And it's like, dude, same thing. Like when I when I when I first got into the bass fishing heavy, you know, however however many years ago it was, didn't know how to really do many other techniques except for drop shots. And at that time Mm -hmm. is when Aaron Martins was kicking absolute tail on a drop shot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dude, this thing works. I know how to find fish. If they eat this thing, put it (laughs) in front of them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, and now I don't throw a drop shot enough.
1: Uh, It's um, one of my favorite moments was at a bash university class. And we have, uh, you know, the pros panel at the end where everybody's up there and, and just rapid fire questions going at the pros and, I remember Aaron was fighting with the other speakers about uh, braided pound test, and adamant (laughs) that there is no need ever to go over forty pound test. And he's talking, (laughs) he's talking to guys that are using eighty to punch with and flippers and froggers. Yeah, and he Aaron, Aaron, they were just going toe to toe, and Aaron is fine. Yeah, he was so much fun, so adamant about his thinking on things. Forty.
2: Forty works pretty good yep. on a lot of things,
1: Darren. On, yeah. on everything, according to Amart.
2: I don't. I don't know about the the, the the punching, giving them the gas, and all that. But forty works good <laughs> look on at, a look lot, at, lot. Look at
1: Riz of... flying in the face of Amart, just like uh, well, just like yeah. the other yeah. just like the other pros. Were I mean, too.
2: you know. But I'm 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 agreeing with him on a lot of yeah. things. There's a lot, you know. That that forty, you get a little bit more distance on
1: cast and yeah we just we just got a, a just a seminar down at icast about line 30 yep. 30 pound test line uh on the punch on punching 30 pound braid because of its uh visibility That's right. but also it's different sound yeah and keith yeah keith carson t- and, and john cox are going into that 30 pound test they're downsizing right in in, uh-huh. in places where guys are using 50 yeah. and 80 and, and all that. So it's mm. a, interesting to see Aaron, as yeah. always, was on the cutting right. edge, as always. As are you. And, uh, you know, you got the ROI, uh, youngest ever. What, what do you, are, are we going hunting in this off season? Are you going to yeah. travel around and scout water? What, what's, what's the downtime look like? I might do some
4: scouting, yeah. The schedule hasn't come out yet, so we'll see about that. Uh, I'll definitely be doing some hunting. Um, around here, especially when the gun season fires up this fall and then, uh, yeah, I'll be doing probably, I'm sure some seminars this winter and, uh, before you know it, I mean, gosh, it's going to be January already. I'm actually going to film a show with Zona in October. How Um, cool is that? Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to, everything's going to come super quick. So I'm excited.
2: Have you ever seen Mike Iconelli on Zona's show, Jay? I haven't. Well, you, uh, you you should go in there and and study some of his antics a little bit if you want to get that yeah. call back from Zona every year. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You, you'll you'll do just fine. Just be yourself, man. We're just yeah. uh, taking a shot at Mike there because. You were so calm, cool, and collected throughout catching 100 <laughs> yeah. pounds of smallmouth, <laughs> and it was amazing. So,
1: <laughs> well, it's good to and look for a call from Riz or me. Uh, yes, we'd love yeah. to have you at Bash University classes this January and February. Oh, uh, so awesome. Yeah. We'll. Thanks,
2: Pete. You just took. You just booked one already for us. That's <laughs> nice. We, we have Jay, <laughs> I'll call you later. We'll we'll, we'll iron out the details. No. Nah, <laughs> yep. Yeah. He's super
1: super talented. He's Heck got yeah. his first elite win. Youngest ever to do it. And all that's great. Yes. But according to Jake Gluzek, my son, we have to have Jay at, at us as an instructor hey. this year. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, nice you, you've got you've got a lot of people pulling for you. That's over right. at right. Thank you. Yeah, and, and if could, Jake requests it, we're doing it. It's done. <laughs> hey, congratulations again. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, and, no uh, problem. You know, really enjoyed watching you and can't wait to see what you do next year.
4: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. All
1: right. Yes. Th- thank you, Jay. Appreciate it very much. And uh, what what a, what an amazing deal. Like, I, I loved his, uh, Riz, how he broke, had, his biggest obstacle was learning how to break down a body of water in really two and a half days. You know, that's that's a daunting task, right? You're dealing with the greatest anglers in the world and these massive bodies of water,
2: right? That's, that was such a good, a good segment. And I, I, when I call him at whatever point that is to, to set Mm -hmm. up the seminars, that might be one of those seminar topics is, is how he identifies the sections of the lake that he wants to focus on. Right. Because Mm. you, you take this massive body of water and everybody's been there in a day. You try to fish everything. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it a million times over. And one of the turning points for me in that, like, getting over that hump of, like, how to not spin out in practice was I started only putting a quarter tank of gas in my boat once I decided what not section of the lake I wanted to be in.
1: Not because it was $5 a gallon?
2: No. Well, this was this was a couple <laughs> years ago when yeah. things were still... <laughs>
1: things were still yeah yeah, things were
2: still a little cheaper so you know but but so i i i did that i took a section i only put a little bit of gas i couldn't run around like an idiot and just fish that but what i want to go deeper on with him and you know we ran out of time in this interview unfortunately but i want to know one how does he decide the sections and also how big is he making a section Mm -hmm. right is it is it two miles? Is it five miles? Is it, is it dependent on every, every different body of water and how we can navigate? Like, There's a lot there because I think that's one of the biggest challenges for the average angler. What separates the average angler that can catch them on their home body of water and what separates these guys at the top level? The top level guys can go to a lake they've never been to and in two and a half days establish a way to consistently get bites yep. and sometimes catch the biggest fish in the lake. Yeah. Right, so, that's, and
1: and there's anglers that think two and a half, two and a half days is too long. Right, it's right. too much time for them.
2: Yeah, so and there's there's crazy. a lot there, man. I, I yeah, yeah. It, I wanna yeah. I wanna dig deeper with that with Jake on that. I, I
1: think that's the biggest. That's the most daunting thing. You go to a strange body of water, and where do you get started? How do right. you, How do you break it down? That's everybody's he, he, top of the list.
2: So you know something that that makes me. Think maybe why Jay is at the point that he is, and he's already so successful. He started off as a co angler. He did two years on the opens as a co angler. And if you ever go in and you look at the co angler results, right? Mm-hmm. The good co anglers, the ones that are consistently cashing checks as a co, they're not. They don't care about going to the boat side. They just want to be a co angler because that's what they enjoy. Those dudes catch them whether they're on boat A or boat Z, mm-hmm. as long as their baits in the water. They're yeah. catching some fish, right? So what does that tell you? It almost, maybe sometimes, like right area, wrong bait. It, it, I don't know how much it really matters, but if you just pick one part of the lake and you say, "I'm gonna figure out how to catch the fish that are here," right? Like like Gerald Swindle says in his PMA seminar. You blew your motor up. Guess what? That section of the lake. That's are you in the? At. You're in the water. Guess what? There's fish in that water. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to catch those fish. Yep. Right, and that's what. That's what Jay does. He takes two sections and on that third day he dials it in. Once yeah. he decides which one of those sections is better, makes it the best it can be for him, and clearly it freaking works. Yeah, so. we,
1: we wanna dive in deeper and I think that is gonna be a great seminar topic for Jay, uh, for us if we can work out schedules. One of the uh, one of the other things that I don't think a lot of people talk about is as a co angler, is when you when you draw out what with guys that are on them, you're learning the body of water. You're learning these really positive techniques. But one of the most powerful learning tools is when you draw it with a guy that isn't dialed, right? He didn't figure anything out. Right. Or he, and you can see the difference. You can see yep. mistakes being made uh, and learn from that, yep. you know? Uh, or a guy that's not dialed in and dials in during the day, you know? right? right. There's there's just so many advantages to... to being in that situation god this
2: conversation is like i just get like it it gets me like fired up you know just (laughs) like thinking about like how that how that all can go down like you're not dialed taking the boat off but you figure it out as you go right or you're in the position where you're like man i know what's going on i'm fixing to go bust their tail and then the other side of it where you're like man this is not gonna be a good one (laughs) and you go out and like two hours in you're like well, this is about what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> how are we going to scrap this one up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing.
5: You know, I had a guy one time, he came in from Ohio on a regional on the Chesapeake, came in, caught a limit in 20 minutes. And I just, I was a co-angler at the time. And I said, man, how did you do that? He said, you got to keep it simple. He said, you, th- you find the body of water or the piece of water that goes to your strengths. So yep. he was a bank guy in the Ohio River and i'll never forget it he said i find a piece of bank that looks just like it does at home and i fish it just like it is at home and right. man he stacked them that's up. an interesting believe it.
1: interesting comment because you yeah. hear that so often with guys that are having good tournaments or winning and and that's what they do they say well this body of water it reminds me like one of the guys at mississippi said he'd never been to the mississippi before and he he called i think bob Downey. and i can't, and he said bob just told him his, you know it fishes a lot like the tennessee river which he knew so i fished it just like the tennessee yeah. river and he had great success Amazing. you, you yeah. try to mirror what you know All right? And, and it's 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 a great way to do it and um uh, uh i had a i just I wanted to comment a little bit about some of the times oh this I, that's what it was <laughs> how much practice is too much practice yeah mm. right this is a big problem like i'm desperate cuz I want to be down on the bay right now. Right. I want to be fishing and and I'm resisting that urge like to leave work today and go down and fish tonight because I'm just like be patient. Right. Wait until next week when it's official practice and and you'll be fishing the patterns that apply at the right time. Right. You know? So how much practice is too much practice? That's yeah. a tough
2: one. It's it's a double-edged sword, man. Right. Like y- you can be the guy that spends weeks at a time out there and, you know, it can come back and hurt you or it can definitely help you when you have
1: got to know how to use that time. Right. You. Right. You know, it's... not let it not let it sidetrack you the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Is
3: it frowned upon to practice too much?
1: It's frowned upon by me that guys get to practice more than I do. I frown upon you, that. Right. Cause <laughs> I'm annoyed that I, I can't be there.
3: <laughs> well, I just didn't know if, like, since there's like official practice, like, is it?
1: Uh,
5: well, there's there's do
1: not practice times, I mean,
3: gotcha, that type
5: of thing. But I, you know, my my magic number is three, Pete. It. So you get there, you get set up, you get your fish mojo going. Mm-hmm. The first thing you're eliminating water from there on out, right? And then that final day of practice, that's where you execute and find you fish what you're passionate about, you know?
1: But, well, I I have had three days not be enough. I've had it be right. too much. I've I put too much time in and falling on my face. Right. I find, I found... The, here's the biggest problem is, especially, like, you find fish now. Yeah. Tournament's next week. You're so thrilled. You you can't wait till tournament day, yeah. and you show up to the place where you, maybe you haven't made a cast. Sure. For days. Sure. Because you want to leave them alone, and you have to overcome the, the, the depression of the pattern changing.
2: Right, that they're not there and anymore. And they're no
1: yeah. longer there, okay? So, you... You won the tournament all night long in your dreams, right? And you show up, and they're vanished, right? So, and so somebody took your puppy. That's exactly what it feels like. Somebody took your puppy. That's Never a terrible, take... terrible feeling. <laughs> Never stop practicing, right? Like we,
2: like we heard about from John Sukup, Never take practice out of your out Do, of your tournament. And,
1: and guys like us, like for next week, right? We fished the bay a lot, and that's that's got to be something that's hard for us right. because you know we fish all the time so we we have a, you're going to have a tendency to go right to where you've caught them before yep. and and maybe not keeping your your peripheral open enough right. to keep practicing and so you know that's going to be our challenge rich
2: there and, and there's there's another thing that jay hit on there that you know he said you can get caught running around and you spend more time driving your boat burning gas than you do actually fishing right on the upper bay where we're at and Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we can fish right up top there, right? Like you can, you can spend a day beat bopping around and really not burn that much time if you do it the right way. But if you start expanding, right. And you start thinking about how big it really is and every river that feeds in every creek you can be in every, everything going, going down, you can get to running around and realize, holy crap, I've only made 10 casts and it's four hours into the day in a hurry. Right, like that's a that's a real that's a real thing for for us on the bay. If if you start incorporating everything, so I'm gonna take what 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 Jay said and and I'm gonna I'm gonna apply it, man. Because like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get two days. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Saturday and Monday for Mm -hmm. for this, and it's gonna be a little bit in advance, right before before the tournament. But I think it's gonna be more of a of an area objective right find figure figure out you know do i think it can go on here or there right and then tournament time comes just go fishing just almost almost forget about what i caught them on yep. forget about what the color was just kind of you know pick the area in the day and then go from there
1: yep. right and the, and of course the biggest obstacle on all these tournaments and you don't hear this enough is is the fishing pressure. You yeah. Know? We're going to have a 200-man field in that tournament. But right. even in the 100-man fields, like, oh, uh, yeah. we saw Brian New. What a, congratulations, Brian, on having a great Mississippi River tournament. But um, he gave a, a lot of credit to one of the other pros who let him fish in an area or shared it with him because uh, a lot of times you can't. Like, you might have to go down to your second, third, fourth choice before you find a place where you can make right. a cast. Right. You know? That's uh that that's always gonna be interesting. Yeah. But
2: and then you add in a tide factor to it where the timing becomes so critical. Oh, this is too complex. I can't it's go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the tide put me over the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but we, we love it. I love it. It just yeah. ne- it gets in your blood and I just I, I love the the strategy. I love that. It, it just consumes my thoughts. I think it always will. That's why you see guys like Gary Klaus and Rick Klon that are just going to keep competing and fishing because uh, it's in our blood, and we love it. But we have, uh, like, if you're watching over on Facebook, last chance, like and share uh, what you're watching over there, and we're going to give giving away a prize. And we're, we also have a grand prize giveaway. What else do we have uh, that we have to take care of?
2: uh that's about it man we uh we got the grand prize going out the door that's an awesome rapala pack that's like a hundred dollars of rapala baits and uh swag and all kinds of good stuff and we also have like you said the facebook like and share um guys we're getting down to the kind of the 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 going away season a little bit for fishing if you're going to be jumping in a deer stand you're going to be getting in a duck blind and let's say you got a boat that you're looking to either sell or you know coming into the off season you're going to be looking to buy one guys check out bassboatforsale.com they have a full inventory of tournament ready boats for you to go you know they're every single every single price point you could ever want they got a boat for you so check out bassboatforsale.com whether you're looking to sell or buy bass boat for sale has you covered
1: so awesome um
5: co-angler up at uh, Cayuga this weekend. He's a Bass U member. His name was Anthony Eel. He knew everything about the show. We talked about almost all the episodes, which episode con- had to do with the conditions we were fishing. Just a great positive guy. I mean, you want to talk about the G-man speech? Yeah. Just co-angler was the most positive guy I've ever met in my life. And uh, we hunted all day. He got a fish. He's in the regionals. So Congratulations.
1: Great shout Anthony. out, yep. great shout out, Scott, and uh, I, I, I'll compliment that with another one. Up at Thousand Islands on vacation, I in the in one of the convenience store, I ran into a Bash University subscriber, who spent I spent all day tubing with my family. <laughs> he spent all day sight, sightseeing with his family. I think between the two of us, we got to fish for an hour. <laughs> so. Uh, but uh, you know, but he loves it, and I appreciate all you guys being part of Bash University and look for us to be, uh, to be down on site. Uh, hopefully Scott will be there and Jocelyn and, and uh, we'll be down on site. Make sure you come by and see us. Uh, if you are a subscriber, I know we're going to have something for you guys.:
3: Yes, I have a like and share winner. Who who do we ask? Our like and share winner is Johnny Lawson. I will reach out to you. Johnny,
2: All right. Congratulations.
1: Like and share. Johnny, I I got
2: a little little trivia question that we can go with here for the uh, the grand prize.
1: Um,
2: So, the trivia question we're going to go with, it's related to our guest, Mr. Shakurit. And the question is, where did Jay win his first... Bassmaster event and what was his weight where did jay win his first Bassmaster event and what was his weight
1: hit i didn't even know that wasn't his first Bassmaster event
2: his Maybe first was. win yeah no, no he was
1: a, he was a he was doing the opens before before oh, the elites well he did win he did say he won two
3: uh
1: All right. two co-angler events
2: so we need to know a
1: couple boats what
2: lake and what was his weight what lake and what was his weight
3: i need to know the answer
1: (laughs) excellent shout out to the mlf guys i know our our own scott fished uh the the bfls this year and uh congratulations to the guys that are going to be fishing the regional where is the regional this year
5: river my friend
1: oh the james and river the uh,
5: northeast division is sending some hammers down there i mean they found them on cayuga and they were catching fives and well, we thought there was a seven in there it turned out to be a little short but man there were some big fish caught
1: cayuga and i looked at the weights and it was uncharacteristically low weights yeah. for that tournament it was such zero, a, or zero, baby <laughs> so yeah such a great body of water <laughs> the guys up top to strong them now they sure did. Twenty-four
2: yeah. pound bag, twi-
1: yeah, a couple of
2: them. It's, it's nuts. But like you said, hero zero. Yep.
1: Never, we had never seen it fish that that uh, that difficult. But I didn't get to fish with the the BFLs this year. Maybe next year. Maybe we'll pick up some of those Toyotas. Maybe uh, we'll see what the Bass Open schedule looks yeah, like for that's next year. That looking
5: really interesting to me. Next year, if Bass Opens. Yeah.
1: Pretty cool. First, you know, me, Riz, or Ike have to win this one so we can go to the Classic yeah um,
2: well you and ike would i'm i'm doing um, the, i'm the old right. cherry picking so that's
1: right so you just, can't win yeah well you know <laughs>
2: I, you know 50 g's would go a little long way so we'll see
1: oh uh, yeah right That'll give you a little upgrade down yeah, here for the chesapeake yeah, house
2: that, that would that definitely it definitely would but speaking of the uh the toyotas the the northerns i think i think I, that's what i'm gonna roll into for next year is the toyota toyota series Northern's just because not not like i I feel like i'm even ready to take that jump simply because i want to fish more multi-day events Mm. i really really enjoy
1: they always have such a good schedule
2: yeah yep, and i I really enjoy fishing the multi-day events like i just feel like it gets you get into such a um a different rhythm when you get the two and a half days right and you Mm -hmm. go into it knowing that it's a multiple day event and Mm -hmm. You know it's um it yeah so i got somebody somebody local one of my buddies that that wants to wants to do them so we're gonna jump into those toyotas next year and take a shot at that so
1: that's excellent well, that, that'd be fun yeah uh, like you said they always have great tournaments right the, the they have a championship yep at the end of the year yep. that you can qualify for yep especially
2: and, uh, the like you said the schedule you know they they usually go go up north a little bit you know and well mm-hmm. they sometimes start on the potomac maybe the james but you know, you, you get a Champlain in there. You get a St. Lawrence in there, usually. Maybe a Cayuga.
1: So, Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, do, we, do we have a winner? Now? We do. Oh, we have a winner. Okay.
3: C. Lynch won with Grand Lake, and it was 24.
1: 24-2. 24-2.
3: <laughs>
1: 24-2, Grand Lake. 24-2. Congratulations.
3: He is. He he just wrote. Guess that I picked a good day to join. Oh, he got That's
1: that special, awesome. Pete. All right, way to go. <laughs> way to go. Welcome Woo-hoo! to
2: the program. See
3: what happens when you join.
2: Good
1: stuff. Join 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 us. Uh, it'll we'll, it'll help you become a better angler. I promise you. We work hard to deliver uh, great content that really gives you an edge when you're out on the water. Uh, we are going to be filming with Bobby Lane coming up real soon he's one of our favorites and a really really good instructor and we have plans for uh a, a lot of guys yeah. one of our one of our new favorites is garrett paul kett who did such an um, uh, an amazing uh hummingbird tutorial for us at icast we're gonna we're gonna try to work with him uh, real soon again uh such an advanced knowledge of all the hummingbird products uh... from target lock on down to side imaging 360 you name it uh... and gdp are both just whizzes at at using those products to to locate fish and identify habitat so look for that coming to come Um, uh... look for us to be working with the best anglers in the world real quick jocelyn we're going to be opening our ticket window guess what we've been on a hiatus and we've hated it we've missed you guys uh, we COVID has just grounded us. We are back in the classroom in twenty twenty three. We are going Johnson, what's the schedule look like so far?
3: So far we are going to be attending um, Anderson, South Carolina. And Gadsden, Alabama. But also keep an eye out because we might be adding another one to that list.
1: Yes, a couple of good locations that we're working on. Mm -hmm. There, we're working
2: on the ticket
3: window will be open as soon as possible.
1: And we're working on Tulsa, and we're working on some uh, northern events as well. So So let's just take a world tour. (laughs) Let's just get a
2: get a dang bus, man. Come on. I know. Load up the bus, bring the band. We're going,
1: (laughs) coming to a state near you. I know. We'll get we'll (laughs) get one of those big giant. But we'll put a studio in there it'll be it'll be awesome oh, lord hey
2: you know what i forgot to mention on our on our shows that something pretty cool to happen so i went to uh i went to a concert uh a few weeks ago i went to an aaron lewis concert and that dude is like a mega fish head he's like super good buddies with uh byron from missile baits
1: okay. mega
2: fish head loves the loves the big baits and so anyway i, I went with uh i went with 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 Taylor's brother in law and her dad, and they are just fanatical Aaron Lewis fans, AFL. And uh, you know, I like his music. I'm I'm just not a fanatical music type of person, but they said, "Yeah, we're going to the concert." So I said, "All right, let me make a call. Let me let me call Byron and see what's going on." Well, anyway, Byron set us up. We had backstage passes. We went on the tour bus, what? and we're talking we're talking big bait fishing with him after the <laughs> concert that he just performed in front of thousands of people. So that was pretty cool. Shout out to you, Byron, if you're listening, man. We uh. We appreciated that. That was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Risby that backstage.
3: Awesome. Risby backstage. <laughs> Risby singing. Risby
2: everywhere. Let's see. Let's hear
1: that. Yeah. No, right? I, don't,
2: I don't have a singing voice, that's for sure. <laughs> I hear a lot of cracking going on.
1: <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, thank you so much for watching. We are going to be back next week. Uh, I'm going to be weighing in. I'll be on the water uh, from the open, giving you guys the latest and greatest on what I'm seeing out there at practice and a a little pre-show for what's coming up at the Open. And look for for that. and
3: uh, I do want to mention one thing. Um, If you're a subscriber, make sure you're checking your newsletters because we've been sending some great deals out. The Hobie uh, Eyewear, they gave us a huge discount to send to our members. So keep an eye out. And there's some Labor Day sales coming your way too. So make sure that you're checking the newsletter out.
1: We're we're always hustling for you guys to give you the latest and greatest. And... uh, and don't forget to go check out Tackle Direct. Subscribe now. You get, a, you get a cool coupon. But we've got a lot of great stuff coming for all you guys all the time. Check that email. Open it up. Um,
5: look at those benefits, baby.
1: Look, we're, we're growing that every week. Look at those benefits. All right. Is there anything else, Riz, Scott? We good? Uh, That's a wrap. I think
5: we're good. Yeah, that Hobie specials 40% off for members. Ow. Ends tonight at midnight. So get on it got I sent everybody a newsletter this morning on that. One. Yeah. Get
1: L- get, get Last the site, thing SiteMaster Plus lens and yes. check out the Hank Cherry frames. Everybody loves this. Last thing
2: is since every week we've been talking about a little bit of Bashu TV featured content, ways to use the site, ways to ways to maximize your experience as a U TV member. Right now I'm going to give you my seminar of the week, the one that I'm listening to. <laughs> and that is JT Kenny not all grass is the same. I think I'm going to be on my third or fourth time listening back through that one again. And every time I listen to it, I pick something else up because there's so many different types of grass. There's so many little nuances in there. So guys, that's the seminar of the week. Check it out JT Kenny not all grass is the same.
5: It's epic. I listened to it twice last week. <laughs> yeah.
1: Great. He's an amazing grass angler. Uh as you know, great seminar, great seminar speaker. Uh love it. Great great input, Riz. I'm gonna go listen to that. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We will see you next week with another episode of Bash You Live. Have a great day. Let's BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier Bass Boat Listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel. Providing your Bass Boat Listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your Bass Boat or are looking to buy a Bass Boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure, so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out.
2: AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology.
0: find what you are looking for catch more fish
1: have more fun AquaView. seeing is believing why do you love catching fish and rods? i'm truly losing less fish
0: it is the sensitivity of the rod
1: that's
4: right right here in north carolina in the usa Strongest, lightest rod,
1: 100% made here
2: in Sanford, North Carolina.
0: From the drop shot rod, the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there a the tournament.
2: Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the
0: counterbalancing in the handle.
2: It's the only rod i found that can withstand my hooks. That Boom! Goes the
0: dynamite! On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minn Kota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count.